Welcome to the Parenting Musically podcast. Season two is supported by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Case Western Reserve University. This season, we're thinking about how encountering music in new ways can help us as families make music a meaningful and important part of our lives. How can music as a sonic experience help us and our children to understand the world we're living in? I'm your host, Lisa Heisman Copes. I'm a professor and researcher of music education at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. I also teach early childhood music classes and I'm mother to four children. So I engage with ideas of parenting musically from multiple viewpoints. In today's episode, we get to know songstress Joe and their mom, Nicole Oshandusky. Joe Oshandusky grew up in small town Bellevue, Ohio. She became interested in vocal performance at an early age and is now about to graduate from Tiffin University. Joe records under the name Songstress Joe, and they were one of the resident rockers at the Rock Hall in 2022. Nicole Oshandusky is an HR professional by trade, baseball and music mom by heart. Joe and Nicole, thank you so much for being here today on Parenting Musically. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. So let's start with you, Nicole. Can you tell us some stories about parenting Joe musically as she was growing up? Sure. I think the the first one that comes to mind is when she was in elementary school. I think that was the moment we knew uh, uh-huh. she was destined for bigger things. She early elementary school, you know, they have the concerts uh, at the end of the year, and her elementary school teacher gave her a solo, this little solo in Basin Street Blues, mm-hmm. and she almost did a little scat. Wow. Being trained to do a little scat. Uh-huh. And uh, that was the one with her dad and I looked at each other and we're like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Where did it come from? Exactly. We're, we're still not sure at this point. Okay. So um, it wasn't things you'd been listening to no, at home? No, not at all. Not at wow. all. Um, so I think that was the moment. And, and so we connected with her elementary um, music teacher and, and Cindy Gave her some Cindy Mary. Yeah, she gave her some vocal lessons. Uh, Julia took some guitar lessons from her sister Chrissy. Um, and then, uh, you know, I always wanted her to play the piano. Mm-hmm. That's what I play. And there was never any interest. As a mother, <laughs> you know, that breaks your heart. You want there's there's an emulation piece there. Yeah, she definitely uh, excelled at the the ukulele, the guitar. But then, you know, she went on to teach herself how to play the piano. Um, and then... Oh, so she did come to the piano. She did. I came home one day and I could hear somebody playing the piano. And I'm thinking, who's in my house? <laughs> and there literally was a um, laptop computer sitting on the piano bench. And she was using YouTube to teach uh-huh. herself how to play the piano. Yeah. So there there was a moment it came <laughs> She was very thankful. I, I know for the longest time it was, why don't you want to play the piano? Why don't you want to play the piano? And I was like, I'm not doing that. No, no. And eventually I came around. So was there something that motivated you, Joe, to play the piano? Like you wanted to be able to do it in order to do something specific? I feel like it came from a place of not really wanting to play the piano, but wanting to know a little bit about everything. In music, you know, knowing that the piano is the base for a lot of things, I was like, okay, well, maybe I should know like at least a little bit or like, oh, like, like this is kind of fun to just mess around on um, and be able to accompany myself on uh, was kind of where that curiosity came from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. So Joe, can you tell us about 
what else has gotten you off the ground in your career as Songstress Joe, including the Resident Rocker program? Of course. So uh, like my mom said, from a very young age, I was doing all sorts of creative and musical things, um, but I didn't really start to release music until college. Mm-hmm. I started attending Tiffin University um, when I was a freshman in high school through Ohio's College Credit Plus program. And I have been there ever since. I'll be graduating this April with uh, a bachelor in commercial music, entrepreneurship, performance, technology, and engineering, which is a mouthful. Wow. Congratulations. Um, Thank you so much. Um, But it was in college where I started to hone that kind of like self-musical creativity instead Mm -hmm. of just like me portraying something else like in a musical or me doing, you know, cover songs and kind of focusing on the original music aspect. I started off writing music very young, but I didn't really kind of focus that until college. And I started off actually releasing music under just the name Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, which in marketing was not the best, uh, thing to do, uh, in hindsight, but, um, in college, I needed a internship to be able to graduate. And I happened to find the resident rocker position at the rock hall. And I'm thinking, oh, this sounds way too good to be true. You know, most music interns are the coffee runner or setting up the sound, doing the dirty work. Um, But this internship, you know, being able to do all of the music things and perform weekly and all of that, it just sounded way too good to be true. And then I I got an email one day that was like, hey, we would love to interview you for this. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way that they actually are interested in me. Um, And then I ended up getting the position, freaking out, of course, because I did not think that this was a real thing. I was so ecstatic. Um, And then when I got to the Rock Hall, that's where it kind of took off even more. I went Mm -hmm. through a rebrand of taking uh, Joe into Songstress Joe, just making myself more marketable. I've always been really good at that aspect of things. Um, But, you know, being able to start a website and merchandising and uh, booking my own gigs, that kind of stuff was a lot of the things that I learned how to hone from the Rock Hall and uh, to kind of make the Songstress brand uh, go off in a bigger way, um, which has led me to all sorts of different opportunities and gigging uh, things in Cleveland and surrounding areas. So that's kind of how I've been able to take um, Songstress Joe and make it a, a big thing. Yeah. And what kinds of things are you doing these days? So right now, like I said, I'm finishing my degree. Um, When I graduate in April, I'll be moving to Cleveland, which is awesome. But I'm also while in school, uh, still doing the gigging and everything. Just had a gig at the Grog Shop in Cleveland uh, a month ago, I believe, um, with my other resident rocker friends, uh, Jam Pop and Dominic Radio, as well as Mookie. I'm recording my album currently. So um, um, I'm a very busy bee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can you talk about the learning to do the songwriting process? You said that started more when you got to college. Yes, of course. So when I was younger, I would say I wrote songs. Um, they were not good by any stretch of the imagination. It was mainly like really bad poetry. You know, you got to start somewhere. Sure. Um, and I would just put them to a melody I'd already heard before. I really liked making silly, goofy parodies to songs, mm-hmm. um, whether it be for a school project or like, you know, just funny things like that. Um, but then once I got to college, I uh, had gotten better at that writing aspect. And I had kind of developed that a lot through high school. Um, but I had been able to 
take my songwriting, which is mainly stems from lyricism. I'm mm-hmm. a lyricist first, uh, and I love doing the melodical things. I'm not so much the, you know, come up with the guitar riff first or come up with the piano chords first kind of gal, which is very backwards to what most songwriters like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was able to go to school and find other people who think opposite of me, it was a great challenge to be able to be like, hey, I have this idea for a melody in my head. Um, Can you help me find some chords that would go great around this? Or, you know, I've just got this awesome a uh, hook line that I think would go so well in this song but I have no clue where to put it from there so uh writing that way with my peers and collaborating has been something that has been really beneficial to me in my music yeah so back to Nicole how do you find yourself supporting Joe's music these days from a parenting perspective and she talked about her evolution of her music and so sometimes as a parent there are those uncomfortable moments right? Where there may be some lyrics that you're thinking, oh, that didn't just come out of my child's mouth, right? (laughs) Um, And so there's a point where, you know, as a parent, you have to be able to have that open and honest communication, right? Where Mm -hmm. you sit down and say, I understand that you're expressing your feelings. Um, To be honest, I may be a tad uncomfortable with this, but I'm here to support you. Um, And as long as we have that, that ability to converse, uh, then, you know, that makes everything uh, work very well. But you have to be willing to to be a little vulnerable as a parent, right? To say, I understand this is your passion and I want to support you. Uh, and so let's figure out how we can do that together. Wow. I'll, never, I'll never forget when I recorded my first music video, I, oh. I had only told her that I was recording a music video and it's for my first single. And um, I didn't tell her what it was about. I didn't give her any heads up, which was not smart on my part. Uh-uh. Um, I should have just sat down and been honest, but the music video came out and there were some parts where I was kissing a man a little seductively, I would say just uh-huh. for the music video. Um, and she, she kind of sat me down. She was like, Hey, like I love the video. Great video. Great song. Next time, give a mom a heads up that I'm going to yeah. watch my daughter make out with a guy in this video. I was like, we don't know. Um, yes, I, I should have done that. I'm so sorry. I didn't think about that uh, moving on. But yes, that has uh-huh. definitely been something um, that we've kind of had to work through. And I know that they have, you know, my parents and my family have some reservations with my music and with like my persona, um, whether it be like, you know, mom doesn't like the nose ring or not and grandpa don't like the F-bomb in some of my songs or, you know, things like that. But yeah. they've always been able to support me through that. And they've never shamed me or told me no or been like oh my gosh I can't believe you you did that like they've they've never done that even if it's stuff they don't agree with themselves so it's been really a blessing I'm curious Joe does that mean even more when you know that they're not fully agreeing and yet they're supporting does the support actually mean more that way I feel like it does um it's one of those things that I know a lot of people do not have a family that will support them no matter what you know I have a family that will love me and has shown to me and proved to me that they will love me uh, no matter what I do, no matter if I get a nose ring or a tattoo or I dye my hair, you know, crazy split dye vampire bangs, you know, and all the things that I'm doing. Um, it, it means a lot that knowing that they don't necessarily vibe with some of the things I do, but they have never said that to my face and they never will because they love me too much and they support me no matter what. 
That's really powerful. I'm very blessed. I don't think I tell her that enough. Well, it's your birthday weekend, so it's a great time. Yeah. (laughs) Love you, mom. (laughs) So Joe, this podcast is all about how families use music in their everyday lives. I'm curious, do you have any advice for families on how to encourage their children's musical expression? It sounds like that freedom of expression has been so powerful and healthy for you and joyful. Do you have advice for families? I do. Um, I think bottom line, my advice would be to have love and patience for your child, no matter what. Because I know, you know, three years ago, my music was completely different. I had completely different style. I, you know, people change and evolve all of the time. And my parents have always supported me and loved me through every crazy idea, every insane haircut, uh, you name it. They've been like, okay, you're still our daughter. We love you. And mm-hmm. that's that's something that is uh, more than words can say appreciated. So my advice would be to let them harness their creativity in everything they do, um, even if it's something you personally do not agree or align with because even if it's something they stick with for a little bit or they you know do the rest of their lives having that support system from the base is going to provide them with nothing but uh love and passion for what they do and never having to worry about you know you know what does mom think or mm-hmm. you know is Nana really mad at me you know because yeah. I said this um and I know that they're not it's it's just them supporting me all the time. Yeah. And Nicole, how about um, your advice for families on encouraging children's musical expression? Yeah. So I I think don't push, right? So let it happen organically. Um, Don't, I agree with the don't, don't set unrealistic expectations, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I ever set unrealistic expectations, but, you know, I, I remember a story from me growing up that I had to be reminded of when Joe was making this transition into the current genre she's in my senior recital piano recital I played November Rain by Guns N' Roses in a church and I can remember my mom and the my piano teacher Cheryl Cook I'll never forget they both were like I I don't know this is going to be in a church and that's like hard rock and yeah sacrilegious you know (laughs) and they we compromised and in the bulletin or the the program announcement it said November rain by W.A. Rose oh William Axel Rose yes yeah when I was reminded of you know sometimes we make compromises Uh and when my mom said to me don't you remember this so then it was a little bit of you know we've had the support system in our family for years and so it's just Mm -hmm. how do you look at things a tad differently and let that let that learning let that growth happen organically don't push it don't Don't push push it it. yeah so this question is for either of you or both of you joe and nicole our theme this season is about how encountering music in new ways can help us as families make music an important and meaningful part of our lives do you have any examples of that or stories from your own family life yeah, I, I can take this one. So I think a great example is is our journey. And I say ours because uh, us as a family, we were just as invested in Tiffin University as, as Joe was. But when she started there as a freshman, 
again, only taking one hour of less than a week, mm-hmm. we learned how many opportunities for performances there were for the current musicians there. And so we would start going to concerts. She wasn't performing, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just a matter of us as a family saying, okay, we've never been to a hip hop concert or mm-hmm. we've never been to an acapella group, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it was an exposure for us to different genres that we really had never had any exposure to. I would encourage families to scope out those genres that aren't necessarily ones you're comfortable with or ones you've, you know, you've gone to in the past. It's a great way to expand your horizons. Yeah. Going back to the songwriting, can you think back to what the songwriting meant to you when you were younger in elementary school, middle school, and what it means to you now? What role it filled for you? For sure. So when I was younger, I think it was more so just a creative outlet um, and something new to do. Mm-hmm. I get very distracted easily. I'm always moving from one thing to the next creatively, um, painting and drawing and singing and dancing and writing and you name it. Um, that was me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think then it was just like another thing I could do to take up my time, um, you know, after school or whatever I was doing. Um, but now the songwriting is a way for me to express how I'm feeling mm-hmm. and make it relatable to other people to let them know that they're not alone. Um, I always say in every interview and you know thing I do that the goal of my music is to tell people that they can be unapologetically themselves all the time without consequence, which is something that I feel my parents and my family has given me and I mm-hmm. want to give to other people. Um, I write all of my music based on something that has happened to me. Um, even if I exaggerate the story plot, you know, for, you know, musical enhancement, um, there's a kernel of something that's happened to me in my life or my friends or my family, um, in every song I write and being able to kind of give that to other people and be like, Hey, you had a really awful breakup. Yeah, me too. Let's talk about it. Or, you know, you're not having a good time with, you know, this or that, or school's really hard right now. Yeah. Or, you know, your best friends kind of being mean. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that. And here's, here's a way for you to understand that you're not the only person going through that experience. Joe, thank you so much. That's really beautiful to hear the way that you say that and the power of the music that you're writing and sharing and putting into the world. Well, thank you both so much for being here today and happy birthday again to you, Joe. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It it was a pleasure meeting you and being able to talk about my musical career and um, my family supporting me through that. Hearing about the central role of songwriting to Joe's experiences in high school and college, I wanted to talk with a music education researcher who does research on songwriting. I was fortunate to find just the right person in the office across the hall from me at Case Western Reserve University. Dr. Nate Cruzy is Associate Professor of Music Education and Associate Chair of the Department of Music at CWRU. His research interests include adult music learning, lifelong learning, informal music education, and vernacular music and education.
Nate, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Thank you, Lisa. It's good to see you again. Thank you for the invitation. Joe talked about songwriting as a vehicle for self-expression. What does your research suggest about the role of songwriting in young people's lives? Gosh, research on songwriting has really increased in the past decade. One benefit is that songwriting can address a number of psychological and social needs, especially among teenagers. Given that adolescence is a time of change and uncertainty and finding one's way in life, these years can include a great deal of social-emotional dissonance and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And listening to music and writing songs can help young people cope with big feelings um, in working through their thoughts in creative ways and relieving stress. It also can be a way to develop their evolving identities as people because they're actively engaging in an expressive outlet that allows them to process their feelings on a variety of topics like unrequited love and social injustice, satire and humor, or even the passing of someone close to them. So it can really be quite therapeutic. So songwriting can connect students to their cultures, their interests, and their motivations, and can be a way for students to sort of negotiate how they see the world. And songwriting also serves students who are interested in playing corded instruments like guitar and ukulele and piano and keyboard. And so songstress Joe and her mother, Nicole, talked about Joe was like, you know, all about guitar and ukulele, but not so much the piano. Yeah, until she she was ready. And so Joe spoke of how the piano was in service to her music, rather than her being in service to the piano by having to learn it. So these types of, you know, these instruments that we can learn where we can create harmonies and chords can build musical skills that people can carry and enjoy for a lifetime, no matter their age. So to your question, yes, research has shown that Songwriting is a creative and expressive outlet that can be pivotal in shaping young people's identity because they have agency in crafting their own work. Wow. Yeah. And that all points at two of your big research areas, informal music learning and vernacular musicking, which we'll probably need a definition of. Could you share a few thoughts from those areas of your research? Sure. Yeah, I can give uh, two quick examples. In one example, Dennis Giada and I looked at high school student songwriting practices, and we saw how students grew from being novices who viewed songwriting as this sort of, you know, mysterious process. Mm -hmm. They grew from that to proficient song creators who became comfortable writing in a variety of styles and who actually learned to accompany themselves on keyboard and ukulele. From a a musical standpoint, students gained an understanding of standard song structures and the relationship between lyrics and music, and they learned that writing music is not a linear experience like they originally assumed, but an irregular process with moments of inspiration and dormancy. Mm -hmm. Can I jump in and ask about those song structures? Can you give examples of what kinds of song structures they learned? Yes. So, you know, how many verses do you want? How many times do you want the chorus to come back where the bridge comes in? Do you want to modulate? Is there a particular songwriter or singer who you want to emulate? And if that does or doesn't work out, how will you adapt and change if your voice Mm -hmm. can't do that or you can't play that riff on the ukulele? How a song is put together became less mysterious because they were actually connecting to artists and their music. 
you know, from a social standpoint, Dennis and I also saw that students were highly responsive to one another. They established an organic collaborative mindset because they recognized each other's plight in the compositional um, you know, structure. And so they supported one another with empathy. They helped to brainstorm solutions to musical problems. And then they celebrated their friends' successes during classroom performances. Yeah. And how about vernacular musicking? What is what is that? Vernacular, it's kind of a clunky word. And we talk about this in the class I, I teach on vernacular music, that it's sort of, at least in our terminology, it's a catch-all phrase for anything that may be um, different from Western classical practices or Western classical traditions uh-huh. um, in terms of students might be more of the leaders than the teacher and the students have a voice in selecting what songs that they want to perform or to sing. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that vernacular can't be used in large ensemble settings because vernacular can also be used as a way to talk about musical creativity, like improvisation and composition and how to think creatively with our ears and not just our eyes. Mm-hmm. And so we can create vernacular based um, creative warm ups, say, in large ensemble settings that get at that creativity. So it's it's a useful word to begin the conversation, but it's not all inclusive and it doesn't encompass all of what music making includes, but it's a start. Got it. And I can add if if any listeners are interested, another example I have of sort of this musical creation is a current project I'm working on with um, a 77 year old gentleman in a community orchestra that I direct, and he has worked on his first ever composition. And he learned how to compose when all of us were in lockdown during Mm -hmm. the onset of COVID-19. And during that time, he consulted Kent Kennan's book on composition, transposition, and instrument ranges. He watched YouTube videos. He independently explored notation software, Uh all in an effort to learn how others have approached writing music. And so while the music he wrote for our community orchestra might be more classical in nature, his approach to learning was still informal. Right. So as you did that research study with him, did you draw any potential implications for other folks? One of the big takeaways is how can we be more playful in our interactions with, say, community ensembles, with um teenagers with adolescents in terms of music as a form of play Mm -hmm. and how do we use music for our identities it's great to think about that creativity across the lifespan going back to joe they describe the support and acceptance they receive from their family even when family members do not fully agree with or embrace joe's artistic choices i'm wondering how that resonates with the research we have about young people's identities expression and the support of caring adults Yeah, well, research has shown consistently that music is an integral part of our self-identity as we grow up. Mm-hmm. And again, music helps us to you know manage, reflect on, and process numerous life themes like independence and authority, love, friendship, betrayal, social skills, and this idea of where we fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, often certain types of music can be a badge of group honor or membership. And so what we choose to listen to, play, sing, or write about can represent self-concepts that we might hold and could signal future viewpoints that we have. And so that's why music from our teens and early 20s generally resonates so much with us and our memories. 
that's right. a time when our brains are highly active and making new connections toward adulthood. And music is vividly linked to those experiences. And thinking back, I played trumpet in high school band, but I had a secret life as a super fan of hair bands from the mid and late 1980s. Excellent. I know, right? So I embraced that rebel badge because it was so different from playing Sousa marches on my trumpet. And I went to Poison concerts and Guns N' Roses concerts. And I have to say that my heart leapt when Nicole said that she played November Rain on her piano recital. Um, That immediately took me back to those days. And I was like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. But, But someone's music will touch someone else. And we don't always know how or when, but that's why it's important to allow creative stages to happen because our identities evolve with our music and our understanding of how the world works. And so it helps to build the various layers of what makes us human and how we learn to navigate our emotions, beliefs, and life circumstances in the future. And there are many adults who report having negative music experiences when they were younger Mm. or who still hold vivid memories of unsupportive music teachers or loved ones. And in the case of songwriting, Confronting unexpected content or subject matter can seem daunting, as Nicole acknowledged, although Joe and Nicole's approach seemed, you know, really healthy and spot on. Songwriting is an art form that can go in many different directions because songwriters use it as a tool for representing their interpretations of society as they see it. So a transparent and supportive family connection like Joe and Nicole outlined can be paramount. And it sounds like Joe and her family have held deep conversations about her songwriting over the years, which is terrific, because that's when assumptions about what we think might be going on are reshaped into new understandings and can support young people's identity development because it it nourishes a cycle of creation, expression, reflection, and possible revision. You know, we're always moving and adjusting our identity slightly in an effort to become more whole people. And caring adults can support that growth even when questions arise. And so these family discussions could be healthy moments for everyone, given that they teach us to be more resilient and aware of the world and ourselves. So thinking about that support, Nate, what can you share from your research and work with teachers about how families can support their children and youth in songwriting? Or is this one of those things that kids do as a means of differentiation from the family. So should we take a hands-off approach? Don't push, let the kids figure it out themselves, pretend we're not very interested. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I have to say how much I love that last interchange between Joe and Nicole. I really resonated with their overall approach of, you know, be there, but don't push. Uh And so because songwriting can be such an individual journey, Yes, let young people find their voice, their style, their message, their platform. That can be empowering for children and youth as they make sense of who they are at a given time Mm -hmm. and perhaps who they want to be in the future. And allowing for trial and error is really important. And as Joe mentioned, songs weren't always the best when she was younger and things took time to evolve, which is a common phenomenon in families anyway, right? Mm -hmm. These facets of growing up can take time to refine and are revisited frequently in many families. And grown-ups who support and reinforce this slow work are important figures to young people. 
Yeah. Thanks so much, Nate. And I think that phrase you use, slow work, really resonates as well to think of parenting as slow work and to think of the unfolding of the songwriting and expression, whatever that expression looks like for children and teens as slow work is a really helpful phrase. Thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Lisa. This was great fun. Please check out our show notes to learn more about Songstress Joe's music and work. You can also see a set of links to research studies that Dr. Kuzi provided. Thanks for joining us today for the Parenting Musically podcast, supported by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Case Western Reserve University. Keep making music a meaningful part of your family's life.